Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. A lot of residents in the state of Hawaii, when we are preparing for the hurricane, we we expect rain. Um, sometimes we expect floods. We never anticipated uh, in this state that a hurricane, which did not make impact on our islands will cause this type of wildfires. Wildfires that wiped out communities, wildfires that wiped out businesses, wildfires that destroyed homes. We are learning and gathering information more and more and we just feel so um, sad and um, just great sympathy and prayers out to the people of Maui, the individuals who are impacted. Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. That was uh, Lieutenant Governor, current Acting Governor, uh, Sylvia Luke, earlier today, a press conference held by the state. There are um, a, a number of brush fires Across both uh, Maui County, uh, Hawaii Island has like five uh, right now going on. But but Hunter Hughes, uh, we'll 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 get to the sports talk in a little while. Yeah, um, you and I have seen the countless videos. We have seen a number of things on social media. Uh, the impacts of those fires here over the last forty hours or so, um, devastating. Yeah, uh, we recorded Hawaii football now. Uh, this morning we always record on Wednesday mornings and uh, our colleague and my good friend Jordan Helle lives on Maui and we were me and him and Jonathan Salvador our, our digital producer were in communication with him deep into the night wondering if we would even record today because we weren't sure what the situation was going to be and um, just devastating how was he? I mean, that that's not easy, and you guys still you guys still did it. Yeah, um, you know, we we spent the the first you know good twenty minutes of of our Zoom call together, just checking in and making sure everything was okay over there. His uh, he has family from Lahaina, um, and so was noticeably shaken up about it. But he uh, admitted that he was looking forward to uh, talking about. Uh, Hawaii football as a way to kind of get his mind away from the situation. So I think in some ways that's where sports can kind of play a role in all of this. Some, yeah, some have that ability. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately for some, um, that, that ability is not there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still scrolling through the platform called X and seeing, there's there's a posting from I want to say it was either last night or this morning about people saying this is my so and so I can't get in touch with him mm-hmm. can't find him, um, which is hard right now because cell service right. especially in that area is um, not there. It, it depends where you are too. I, and I, I I jotted this down. I was I was listening to the press conference earlier today and I remember jotting that specific thing down. Um, 29 utility poles are down on Maui right now, and I, you know, a lot of that obviously in the Lahaina area. Kihei has had you know a, a number of fires still going. Fiber optics have been devastated uh, due to the fire, and that infrastructure obviously connects cable, connects a, a whole bunch of things. The fiber optic network. They've been talking about communicating via satellite phones 
and in some instances, like you know, their their um, their radio systems. Yeah, walkie-talkie. Right. Um, I've been to Lahaina. It's been a while. Um, you know, did a uh, did the Maui Jim Maui Invitational for a couple of years there, and you and I had this conversation before the show that. That town, or that area, like everybody thinks of Lahaina and they think of you know, Front Street, right? Uh, Front Street is is usually buzzing. You got a lot of you know a lot of tourists that that head down there. There's a lot of restaurants. There's bars. There's shops. I mean, there's there's so many things. Um, I remember, I think my first time doing the Maui Jim Maui Invitational, and uh, and Jordan actually, Jordan Barry Helly, who's his dad, yeah. Um, Fred Guzman, um, who who passed away several years ago, was a longtime program director uh, for uh, Maui's ESPN affiliate and did some games as well. And uh, a couple of other, I think Kanoa might have been might have been with us. Is either first or second year? I think it was the first. And we all went. You know, one of the big things was after uh, we finished the Maui Invitational, we all headed down to like a steakhouse on or near front street, that area. And yeah. that was like our celebration. And it was always just, you know, full of people. But the thing about front street and, and, and that Lahaina community is not necessarily just, you know, it's, it's buzzing with activity that it's also, there's, there's a lot of cultural significance. Right. And it's a historic town. Right. And to think, and I don't, I don't know, um, you know, with, with fire still there and, 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 and the firefighting activity still going on, I don't know what they will get out of it. Um, the idea that a lot of that could be gone is is heartbreaking, you know, from from all fronts. If you're a resident, you're a business over uh, business owner, you're a cultural historian, you're yeah. you've had families that have lived in that area for generations. Um I I can't fathom that to see the potential of a town when it's all said and done be like taken to the ground, you know. Yeah, um you know I I um I have some good friends at uh a diner here on mm-hmm. on Oahu and uh was talking with them this morning and they have friends who are business owners in the um Lahaina area and said that really felt like they were just getting back on their feet uh since Pandemic, covid yeah right. um and you know obviously how devastating this is and i i don't want to rush too far away from that but one one thing about hawaii is our resiliency mm-hmm. is our ability to band together and our ability to be there for each other when we need each other so i i have no doubt that we will find a way to help our brothers and sisters through the, such a horrific tragedy. No doubt. Um, it, it's also interesting, too, that we've heard from a lot of people who, um, you know, who have felt like Maui or Hawaii has, has had a piece of them and they have, you know, shared some of their, their sympathies. One, one person I can think of is Scott Van Pelt. Mm. Um, we met Scott Van Pelt many years ago. Uh, this was back when Chris and Gary used to actually do the afternoon show when they did the afternoon show. The sports animals would do their show from outside the Lahaina Civic Center. And so, you know, they had the opportunity to to talk to 
I, I think at one year at least, Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. And um, so he was a guest of their afternoon show. And I think this was a year where Maryland might have been playing. His team. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so Scott joined him, and I was – I was taken away by um, by a post that Scott had um, earlier today, and actually, it's weird. I don't I don't see it now, but I saw it uh, earlier today, in which uh, oh here we go. Um, Scott said, "Front Street and Lahaina are filled with such wonderful people and energy." I got a sticker from a restaurant there called Mala. I put on my computer that says "Practice Aloha," a simple reminder to embody what the people there have in abundance: kindness of spirit. Uh, heart is with all those impacted on Maui. Um, you know, Kevin Winter. We we always talk yeah. about Kevin Winter, right? He reached out and and um, you know wanted to know how how we were doing and 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 how the communities are doing. Um, and you see that from a lot of people. Um, what they take from here, they don't take for granted. And when they see something happen, they want to share their support or sympathies or, or, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, we'll go to the phones in a second, but I wanted to share one other thing. Um, I, we're fortunate sometimes. We're not always in situations where we see a lot of um, something, a lot of things that you could consider like catastrophic, right? That's right. I think it was, we live in a very safe place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was Hurricane Isel, uh, I recall, uh, and I and I remember we were in the radio station. This was back when I was in in Hilo, and we were in the radio station. We were doing wall to wall stuff for hours. I remember we were on the air probably until like early in the morning, and then sometime that morning we were kind of given the, the the clear to go home and 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 get some sleep because we had been on the air for for hours and hours. And I remember. The probably the worst thing I had ever seen at that time, being my late twenties, I think it was, was driving through one of the communities uh, in Paradise Park and seeing trees down and 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 areas that looked you know bustling with activity, um, just kind of quiet and and not the same. Mm. And I remember driving through there just kind of stunned seeing, you know, all of that, right? Um, seeing these images reminded me of that and um, not having been, not being there. I can't imagine watching those videos and seeing somebody on the ground with their camera out or looking up at a, at a building right above them that's got fire on its roof. Yeah. Or one of the ones I saw this morning with with a, an, an older gentleman sitting right on the edge of the water looking out. He's on his chair and, and with seemingly nowhere to go. Yeah. It, it It's heartbreaking. It really is. And – Yeah, people um, jumping into the water. Yeah, because that's their only way yeah. away from the fire, you know, and, 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 and credit – Coast Guard crews, yeah. Credit fire crews, first responders. Credit first responders. They've been up. I, I I heard the Maui mayor today, Richard Bisson, say you know they had they've had guys on twenty four hour shifts and you know they had to send in a next crew because you know guys have just been just battling and battling and battling. Um, Honolulu fire crews are actually going down to Maui to support them mm-hmm. in their operations. There are National Guardsmen. 
um, that are going and helping and, um, uh, you know, they're sending some helicopters to support both on Maui and in Hawaii, on, on Hawaii Island. So, you know, like you said, and I think you, you said it very well, the support and the resiliency, you know, not just, you know, from people who want to send their aloha and support and want to, you know, put out their donations and everything, but also, you know, state, county, federal partners working with each other yeah. to try to help and and, uh, and do what we can. We were talking about this, and I, I had just seen on my phone um, good news. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking back to Hawaii County because um, within the last, like, hour and 15 minutes, we found out about two new fires in the Kau district. And as we were having this conversation, um, I see here they've both been neutralized. Come on. And they say awesome. thanks to the swift work of the uh, the Hawaii Fire Department. So good news. There's a lot of work still to do. Yeah. And uh, you know, our support to those who are getting that work done, losing sleep, um, trying to, to help their communities, their neighbors, their residents, their friends. Um, credit to those people, you know. Um, I can't imagine being in their shoes today. 100%. Uh, I know Neil's calling in about that, so let's get Neil in here at 808-296-1420. Hi there, Neil. Hey, brothers. How are we doing today? Good, Neil. You? I know it's been a, it's been a, it's been a rough day, man. Like, mm-hmm. I got family on Maui, too. You know, I have, uh, you know, one of the one of the temples and one of the, the, the religious buildings up there uh, burned to the ground, including the the Columbarium. And this is a temple that's been around for 90-plus years, you know, and it's gone, you know. But, hey, you know, which, I mean, I, I don't want to sound defeatist, but, you know, like, well, what can you do at that point, right? I mean, the... The, the, the I guess the, the saving grace is that, you know, the families, and, the, and I know the minister there, uh, his family got out, and they're okay. They're, they're, I mean, they're without a home right now, but so as far as I know, they are, they're okay. They're physically all right, you know, so I guess we take solace in that. But, you know, my thing is whatever I can do from, being as small as I am and from as far away as I am, whatever I can do, I will, because those are my brothers and sisters out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I may not know them all. I may not be blood related to them, but we're all brothers and sisters right now. You know, like, I mean, my friends at Lahaina Luna, my friends at, at Maui High and Baldwin and wherever they're at, you know, I mean, I'm I'm gonna do everything I can for them, cause that's what we do. That's what Hawaii is, man. You know, I mean, I I think of it. You know, I think of I think of that the, when the hurricane was coming and the um, and Gerald Oda and his boys out there in Williamsport scared out of their minds about yeah. you know about how things were gonna be back here and. I always go back to sport. I always go back to sports because sports is so important to people. And what Jerry told the kids was, we're the hope, guys. You know? And for my friends on Maui up there, you know, that's, you know, I'm, si- I'm literally sitting in traffic wiping my eyes right now because that's family up there, man. That's brothers and sisters up there and those kids yeah. and, you know, 
that's what we need, man. We need the people to just get together and be be brothers and sisters, regardless of what you think or anything else, you know, just supportive of everybody. And, I mean, just to see the damage, just to see that historical area. And I'm a historian by trade, boys. Just to see that, you know, yeah, it, it is heartbreaking, but that small measure of hope is that I know the people on Maui, man. And there's a reason they say Maui no Koi, right? Because those people there, it's not because of the beauty of the island. The, the island is beautiful, but Maui no Koi because of the people of Maui. You know, they're yeah. going to come back. They're going to be fine because Maui is the best, you know? So I stand with them and I'll do everything in my power to, to help. You know, and, I'm and, pledging that right now live on the radio, man. I'm going to pledge everything I can to help them. Neil, it's people like you uh, that that uh, that allow us to know, and I, and I appreciate your call. Yeah, It's people like Thanks, you Neil. that remind me of why, at the end of the day, we're in good hands. I know yesterday and the day before, you know, we there were several topics, I think, in sports that led to things like division, right? I mean, but I, I think there is one thing that I, you know, I've, I've lived here my entire life. You know, you've, you're a resident, you've been here now. You, I mean, you, you pretty much have been here like you've lived here in your entire yeah. life. I don't, I don't think of you as someone who moved here because of football. I think of you as, as one of us Hunter going on 15 years. Right. Yeah. And I think one thing we do really well is exactly what Neil was just talking about how in the face of something that goes not as we planned, um, we find a way to, to to band together and figure it out. And I think for every Neil that just called in, I feel like there's at least 10 more people just like him. And for every one of those people, there's 10 more just like them. Yeah. And for, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's what makes us – and I know every community could probably say the same thing. Um, I don't know about those communities. I know ours. And I believe it when I say it's the people that will get, will, will get us through this because it's the people who um, are strong-willed and care so much about their communities and their people that will make it happen. Um, so – Here's what we're going to do over the course of the show. We're, we obviously have sports stuff. We're, we're going to get to sports stuff. Um, we're, we're not going to turn into talk uh, news talk for three hours, but we don't want to, and this is why we spent the first segment on we're it. We're not jumping past it. No, we can't. Nope. Um, you know, As much as we are a sports talk radio station, we still represent life in, in this state, not just on this island. And... Um, uh, so we're we're gonna spend some time on that. Sam Spangler at some point is gonna join us. I don't I don't know when, uh, but uh, obviously former University of Hawaii baseball player, uh, KHON2 reporter and anchor. He's on Maui. He I think is getting off of a helicopter at any point now. Um, we were just watching one of his videos uh, before yeah. we got on the air of um, his view over Lahaina during the day. We've been seeing a lot of images of early evening, late night to overnight. This is one of the first I've seen during the day. From today. Um, we'll talk to him at some point. And then uh, my friend Rob Coleus from the Maui News 
he's a sports reporter, but we'll get some insight from him on on what's going on. There are also some sports impacts out of this um, that we'll get into a little bit later on. Uh, but we'll, I mean, obviously those are on the smaller end of the scale, but it's a way to keep sports in the conversation as well for what right now for some. I mean, we've heard of six dead, um, at least 20 seriously injured uh, for what for many is a tragedy. And, um, you know, there are things that I think we can, there, there are a lot of things that we'll be able to, to, to kind of weave into the conversation, but also really to keep people informed. And that's what we'll do uh, over the course of the show. And I do want to remind people, uh, we've got the New York Yankees game right now on CBS 1500, but uh, with our partners at CBS News, um, their updates at the bottom of the hour right around there have been including updates from Maui on that fire. So uh, CBS News updates on that. And um, we're going to have a special simulcast of the KHON2 News at 5 and 5.30. Mm. 5.30 is the world report, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's going to be much more local than normal. Uh, we'll have the KHON2 News at 5 and 5.30 uh, over on CBS 1500 right after the Yankees game. A uh, lot to get to. Uh, we'll cover more of it as we go. It's off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, coming up, we got Sports Center in uh, about three and a half minutes. Uh, Scotty Scott, former University of Hawaii baseball player, now a um, Division One coach at uh, Loyola Marymount. We're going to talk with him uh, here in a little while. Uh, it, it, that didn't take long, no, <laughs> for him to become a coach. That's on the way. Uh, do want to remind you about uh, athletes? It is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank, and uh, that's with uh, Cole Mousoff and. His latest, uh, uh, his latest athletes episode includes Braden Shager eating at Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, so check that out at ESPNHonolulu.com and our YouTube page. Sports Center Scotty Scott coming up. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. All right, Scotty Scott coming up in a couple of minutes. You are off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. A um, couple things I did want to uh, get in. So we got another update coming up on the uh, uh, the, the wildfire, especially on Maui. Uh, it's during the Yankees game over on CBS 1500, right at the end of the sixth inning. They'll have a quick update on that. Um, you know, you were saying um, the Honolulu Little League last time. You were talking about how Gerald Oda basically said, you guys are our hope, right? Hmm. That was he, actually uh, that was Neil. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um, Hilo Little League is coming up. Oh, awesome! In about two minutes, they had a, a rain delay in California. Yeah, I know it's raining in California in the month of August, but um, they're going to be playing here in a couple of minutes. A win gets them to the uh, West Regional Championship on Friday. So wow, um, yeah, Hilo Little League coming up here. People are looking for, for, for something positive right now, and, and they could possibly deliver. That's cool. Uh, that game on ESPN television uh, with the Gila Little League play. I'm terrible sometimes at segues. Um, Scotty Scott knows what coaching kids is like because he did that um, when he was here uh, on Oahu, and the former University of Hawaii outfielder is uh, now coaching uh, the Division One level with Loyola Marymount. And as Scotty joins us now, 
here on ESPN Honolulu. First off, man, uh, congratulations to you. I I know this is something that you you were planning on doing as you left the University of Hawaii, but did you think you'd be getting a D1 opportunity so quickly? Uh, Josh, first of all, thanks for having me on, and and uh, always appreciate your time and getting to chat with you. But uh, no, I mean, never never expect or anticipate anything. Uh, just uh, trying to, you know, keep my head down one day at a time and uh, just trying to, you know, embrace every opportunity I'm, I'm uh, afforded. And, you know, always I'm so grateful for the people around me and just uh, trying to better myself and to what extent I can, hopefully better everyone around me as well. So uh, I guess no, you know, I would never expect something like that, but it's uh, been, been quite the blessing. How did this come about? I guess I should probably mention the title too, Director of Player Development, right? Right, yeah. It's kind of that fourth assistant role where you're not allowed to technically coach, but you're able to be on staff, support staff, help in practice where you can. Uh, I can't officially instruct players. Uh, the NCAA has a limit on, you know, number of assistant coaches. And, you know, thankfully we were, uh, you know, uh, some schools are able to now pay that third assistant coach into a volunteer spot. It's great for the game of college baseball, but I just really love college baseball and the way the direction's going. Uh, you know, when Coach Fergus got the job at LMU, he's a you know he's a coach that I've admired uh, playing against. I always thought that his teams over at Santa Barbara uh, were always so good and loved what he did over there. And then with uh, the addition of uh, him hiring Coach Troop as the pitching coach, uh, me and Coach Troop have a have a great relationship as well. So. Uh, it was a great fit, and I'm very thankful for Coach Fergus for the opportunity. I was about to say, um, how much was, uh, and of course, Matthew Troop, former Hawaii pitching coach now at LMU, how much was he uh, at all instrumental in uh, helping make that connection? Yeah, you know, I actually, uh, I was coaching summer ball in the Midwest in the Prospect League and when Coach Fergus got the job, and I reached out to him immediately, and I was kind of running my mouth around the league, and Brady Miller was a pitching coach. We were, we were playing Grady Miller's team in the Prospect League. I said, hey, Grady, I don't know if you know Coach Fergus from Santa Barbara. He just got the LMU job, and he's like, dude, Troop just got the pitching coach job. And I'm like, what? So, of course, I had to call Troop, and uh, it was actually kind of a coincidence at first. I, I you know, I wanted to learn from Coach Fergus and be a part of what he's got going on, and uh, just that's just kind of how it worked out. Scotty Scott joining us, uh, former University of Hawaii baseball player, now uh, director of uh, player development there at Loyola Mar- Mar- Marymount. He joins us, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench. Scott, um, we're super excited for you. Uh, no, no questions there. The, the only thing is you can't come and poach our guys now. You, you understand that, right? <laughs> you, you can't be grabbing I guys guess. from Hawaii, right? Well, hey, you know, uh, a lot of those guys, you know, it's really cool for them to uh, to stay on Hawaii and represent Hawaii. I think that's what Hawaii youth baseball is about. Uh, it's one of the big things I promoted while, you know, I coached on youth baseball on the island. But, you know, for some guys, they, they got to get off the island. That's just in their, uh, in their wants. So hopefully we can get those good players, right, the good players that just that just want to get off the island. But I, no poaching. I don't like to use the word poaching, I guess. Of course, no. We, we're, <laughs> we're just giving you a hard time. Um, I know. On the, uh, on the side of recruiting, um, what, in terms of your role as director of uh, player development, what, what sort of role in term, you know, for the recruiting side of things uh, does, does, does that fall to you? 
yeah, I'm still uh, learning a lot about compliance and uh, the you know to uh, operate within the rules. But uh, a lot of the recruiting for me is going to be you know on campus recruiting. Once recruits are on, able to around campus, uh, I'm not able to do any travel recruiting. But um, you know, there's so much stuff going on on social media. Um, you know, as well as once recruits are on campus, um, you know, I'm able to interact with them and kind of show them the ropes. So I love, by the way, and I should have said this earlier when you talked about, uh, talking with Grady and and you said, uh, you were running your mouth throughout the league. That is, (laughs) uh, that is the perfect Scotty Scott way of, of describing talking. (laughs) Yeah, I, I run my mouth. I, You know, knowing Grady has such a great relationship with Coach Troop, uh, Grady's been a big part of my process as a coach. Um, we were coaching against each other. He kind of said, hey, what are your plans for next year? I said, yo, you know, I, I reached out to LMU, and he's like, oh, because Troop got the job. And I'm like, what? No, it was just a total coincidence. But, yeah, running my mouth. Is, is Grady joining you guys at LMU or what? Do you know? Uh, Grady, Grady is actually at San Diego. He got he's uh, an assistant at San Diego. So back at his alma mater, which is super cool for him. Super excited for him. So maybe you guys can grab him and have him on and talk about his transition. There you go. We've just broken some news because we, we, we didn't know about that until mm-hmm. uh, just now. You know, I um, you know I, I ran into you of course at the Cal Poly series last year. Um, and you were taking your, some of your guys over at Cuesta over uh, to go watch that game and then go travel down to L.A., I think, for a game the next day. So you go from from Cuesta assisting there, Prospect League assisting there. Um, what have you learned in your, what, year, I think it's been, uh, as a as a collegiate coach that is, uh, that is really going to help you at LMU? I've learned so much, you know, I was, I was very involved as an assistant at Cuesta and then I was actually a head coach in the prospect league. So I ran, I had my ball club and that was such a great learning experience, uh, you know, uh, with failure, with success, everything like that. And one thing I've learned is just, you know, slowing everything down, taking it one pitch at a time and focusing on your preparation. Uh, as a coach, you know, you're responsible for more than just yourself and, uh, you know, as a head coach, you're responsible for responding to media and, you know, controlling that and interacting with the fans. And as an assistant coach, you know, you're responsible for your players, but also, um, you know, communicating with your head coach and what he wants. And so it's been a ton of different learning experiences, and uh, I'm just trying to soak it all in. And like I said, be grateful for every opportunity that uh, that's in front of me and try to take advantage of it. We're talking with former Hawaii uh, alum Scotty Scott, of course. Uh, I say former Hawaii alum. Hawaii alum Scotty Scott, who's the uh, director of player development there at Loyola Marymount. He joins us here off the bench. Scott, I've got a kind of a different question in terms of player development. But, uh, you know, everybody that comes through a Division One program has a different story. You know, some guys are destined to go to the next level. Other guys aren't. Um, how much do you put into getting to know players on an individual basis and helping progress them into whatever next stage of their life that happens to be for the individual in this new role in this new role of yours? I think it's the most important part, you know, especially you know with my youth as a young coach, um, I can be relatable with the players and try to uh you really get to know them and you know who they are as a person not just as a baseball player and when you get to know the players uh it just everything becomes so much better quality of life 
uh, off the field, you know, especially, and then it transforms onto the field and, you know, quality of practice and performance and quality of play. And uh, just really everything increases when you really get to know the players and really know what their drive is, why they play the game, what their goals are, uh, and uh, just stuff like that where you can really take advantage of those relationships and building those intimate relationships with every single player uh, individually because everyone's different, just like you said, and everyone's got different goals and aspirations, and uh, everyone has different realities. So just really trying to individualize everything and get to know those players as best as I can. Hey, uh, lastly, the uh, the one thing you left here uh, before uh, before you left – uh, the boombox. Thank you for not taking that with you. No, I, I, I would never. That is a, uh, <laughs> that's not mine. That is the University of Hawaii baseball teams. Uh, that is a great tradition that I was fortunate to be a part of and get that thing going. And mm. uh, I'm glad it lives on. And I uh, wish those guys, you know, Coach Hill, a great mentor of mine. You know, we've been talking all summer, and I wish those guys the best of luck. You know, I still have teammates on that team. And uh, hopefully they win the Big West. And uh, you know we can we can see him down the road. And for people that don't know the uh, the boombox, you'd see it in the Hawaii dugout. Uh, you'd see it on road games. Uh, you'd see it on the bus on road games. Uh, remind me what song you guys would blare out on the uh, the, the Rainbow Warrior boombox. We had well, we had a victory song that was the Dixieland Delight. Yeah. Uh, with uh, from take I took that from Alabama Alabama. And but uh, we uh, made it our own, sang our own little chant to it. And uh, but when we'd walk in, we'd walk into 16 tons of pressure. That was two years ago when I was there. We did 16 tons of pressure by OBF. Got the guys fired up. Uh, I actually it took me a long time, Josh. Uh, you might appreciate this to listen to the song again. I couldn't <laughs> listen to it. I couldn't listen to it. You know, I'd hang out with Cole Cabrera the summer after we graduated, and he wants to play the song. I'm like, dude, turn it off. I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but that, that, it was a great tradition, and I'm so glad that the guys have kept it going. Scotty, I'm happy for you. Uh, keep up the good work. You're rising up the ranks uh, fast, man. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch as we uh, get closer to baseball season. And I'm sure uh, – because I don't think Hawaii's playing Loyola Marymount this coming year. Not that I know of. Uh, but I'm sure at some point we'll uh, we'll cross paths again. So keep in touch, all right? I hope so. And uh, before, before you kick me off, I'd like to uh, send my condolences and prayers to Maui. Uh, that that is just watching from afar. I uh, wish I could help, but uh, man, what's happening over there is you can't put it to words. So thoughts and prayers uh, to Ohana and Maui. Uh, it's a place my mother actually grew up, so it means a lot to me. And uh, just just want to want to send my prayers out there. So stay safe, guys. Uh, Any friends out there listening, stay strong. Uh, that Hawaii fight. Uh, keep doing it. Love you guys. Appreciate you, Thanks, Scotty. Scotty. Thanks so much. That yeah. is uh, that's Scotty Scott. Uh, you can tell. I mean, he mentioned. I think his mother growing up there. Uh, you just heard. I mean, the brotherhood te- extends past football. Right. Um, it's bigger. You it's know, all of us. I, I think you were kind of. I was. I was mentioning in the first segment. Like you're a good example of. Okay. Yeah. You're technically transplant. Not, right. Mm-hmm. But. You have done such an amazing job of making this your home. Um, and, you know, I, Scotty's one of those guys. Yeah, he spent a few years here. Um, but he was also one of those people that really championed Hawaii. 
um, you know, coaching some of the youth teams and, um, you know, taking being here and taking it to heart. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like when you when you read his bio and it says Cypress, Texas, you want to say, no, nah, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, Scotty's one of those uh, really good ambassadors from afar. Just now he's wearing a, an, an LMU polo. Yeah. Which will be a little bit weird. But I appreciate Scotty joining us here uh, on ESPN Honolulu. Let's get our M. Dyer Global scoreboard in here. Brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Moving Hawaii into the future. The uh, Little League World Series West Regional. They're underway after a 30-plus uh, minute rain delay. Hilo Little League is taking on the team from Northern California. It's no score in the top of the first inning. Uh, they're trying to fight through a couple of base runners on with two outs. So uh, we're going to keep watching that. That game is on uh, ESPN television. Earlier today, the Philadelphia Phillies, a 7 nothing win over Washington, but that's not the story. Michael Lorenzen, his second start as a Philadelphia Philly, he fires his first no-hitter, the fourth in Major League Baseball in 2023 uh they're going to the bottom of the fifth inning in chicago white Sox have a 5-1 lead on the new york yankees top of the first angels and giants no score and uh, other games in progress mets lead the cubs four to two braves over the pirates six to five bottom eight houston leading baltimore three to two in the top of the eighth that's your m dyer global scoreboard m dyer global always on the move this is off the bench on espn honolulu Sports Center update is coming up at the top of the hour. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, thanks to, for you guys listening in. Thank you to Scotty Scott, uh, who asked if he passed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Scotty passed. Did great. Yeah. Scotty's always been um, a, a good talker, or as he says, uh, good at running his mouth. Yeah. Um, if he was still here... Scotty would probably, you know, our high school baseball coverage, I would probably put Scotty as an analyst on our high school baseball coverage yeah. right now. You uh, you could tell whenever he was talking about his new role that he's probably a little worried about advising <laughs> a yeah. player because he's technically in a role that you can't teach. That's or, right. Yeah, you can't instruct. That is a very fine balance, too. That's a dumb rule. <laughs> Good luck, uh Trying to trying to in, enforce that NCAA. Yeah, and I I almost told him to to ride in the gray. Yes, <laughs> as as long as you can. <laughs> um, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, we didn't get a chance to get to this yesterday. Um, but Ron Rivera, yeah, the uh, Commanders head coach, addressing uh what's been talked about with um uh Eric Bieniemy, who's their new offensive coordinator, and uh, let, let, let's face it. Um, Ron Rivera did not do well no. in uh, in handling that. And we'll talk about that coming up in about uh, 11 minutes. There, um, There is news, however. Actually, no. I'll get to the um, uh, college football realignment news in, in a little bit later next hour. We don't have to get to it now. It's not uh, necessarily breaking. But someone had, had asked over the last couple of days, um, you know, what happened to Dan Cox? Uh, Dan Cox was, um, you know, basically the uh, the the head recruiter for the University of Hawaii. Uh, came from uh, the major leagues. He was recruiting for the Atlanta Braves, and then uh, 
um, you know, joined the Hawaii program and did a, did a really solid job recruiting. I, I don't know what happened, um, but I think there's two things that do come to mind when I think of the um, the, the coaching staff uh, with Hawaii baseball and kind of how that's all, you know, shaked out. I, I think the, the loss of Matthew Troop, um, Hawaii's pitching coach, as we talked about, he's now at LMU, I think brought about two things. One, you know, it's it's nobody's fault that he left. Um, he left. He and his he and his wife want to start a family. You know, mm-hmm. they've they've got family in California. They don't have family here. He was a volunteer pitching coach, and uh, he's got a wonderful family uh, that live out in the Northridge area. Can't blame um, him at all. No, not at all. And you know, I remember him telling me, you know, there were a lot of tears. It was a difficult conversation, but. Um, you know, family does come first, and uh, he he made that decision to leave. But I think the second part of that conversation is that's a the, the, your pitching coach being a volunteer position is um, you know certainly something that um, you know uh, you know it 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 does bring about kind of a, a, a refocused look at what you know what you prioritize, right? There was the there there was the view on um, that third assistant role because you know the the new legislation from the NCAA allows you to have a third assistant, mm-hmm. a third paid assistant. My understanding is that Hawaii is not going to take advantage of that. That Hawaii is still going to go with two paid assistants, and so my understanding on that is they brought in Keith Zuniga from New Mexico State who was a pitching coach and uh, interim head coach last year, he's come in as, as a pitching coach, and so he's taken one of those paid assistant roles uh, along with uh, Dave Nakama, okay. their, their hitting coach, So, uh, which, which makes sense. Um, it's just hard because when you have so many people who do a really good job uh, in, in what they do, you have to make some really tough decisions. And I think that's one of them where, you know, all of a sudden, you're you're not paying. A, you're not going to use that paid third assistant. Dan Cox is one of those. Um, so so ultimately, that kind of would ultimately change his role. And and however it went, he's no longer on the staff. Uh, Dallas Correa is still there, um, and I, I mean he's still teaching at Kalani, but I think he's taken on uh, kind of a, an elevated role there. And I don't I don't know what the rest of the staff looks like. Obviously. As we just heard, Grady Miller, who was helping out with the pitchers last year as a as a grad assistant, is now um, at LMU. And um, Freddie Smith, who was yep uh, a grad assistant as well, he's coaching in the Northwoods League. I don't think he's landed a job yet, but as of right now, he's not with the Hawaii program. That's I think one of the other tough things about. Uh, sports like baseball and 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 softball to a degree is you can have a lot of turnaround when you have a larger staff and many of your guys are grad assistants or volunteers that you can have that kind of turnaround and and that's something that that Hawaii is certainly dealing with so I I, I saw those texts the last couple of days never really got to address it but uh, that is the latest there I just heard from Sam Spangler mm. they're uh, they're off the the, the helicopter. They're on the ground, so we were going to get into the Ron Rivera stuff. We'll do that um, later next hour uh, because we want to get Sam Spangler. He'll join us, uh, I believe, at the top of the hour. He has a text message that I haven't replied to because, honestly, we're we're, we're doing the show. But everything's kind of fluid today. 
uh, just because of what's going on there on Maui. And, you know, we want to be able to, you know, mix in sports with really, um, you know, knowing what is uh, what's at hand, what's topical for people and, and, and where a lot of our hearts and concerns are. So we're going to try to get Sam Spangler here. Um, at the top of the hour, Rob Coleus next hour as well from the Maui News to get some of his um, you know, firsthand perspective and also some of the impact on high school sports on Maui mm-hmm. as well. We'll do that after sports in, uh, Sports Center in traffic off the bench. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, we're just—we got so many things uh, going on. We've got Hilo Little League playing against uh, Northern California, the West Regional Semifinal. We're obviously paying attention to the fires, uh, both on Maui and on Hawaii Island. I know there's been a a traffic update we got a little while ago on a car on fire um, here on Oahu. Um, there's a, a, a lot that uh, that we're paying attention to here this afternoon. We're very fortunate that uh, KHON2 Sam Spangler is on the ground on Maui, and Sam joins us now here on ESPN Honolulu. Before we kind of get into you know, the details of, of what you're seeing, take me through what you saw and what you experienced the moment you got off the plane at the airport on Maui, because I know is we'll, we'll talk about the, the fire scene, but even the scene at the airport I hear um, has, has been very different. So, so take me through that as soon as you got off the plane. Yeah, nothing out of the usual as far as just the amount of people, you know, as soon as we, we got off the plane, you know, call airport is, is always very packed. We're always very busy. Uh, but, you know, we, we did get reports of 2,000 people sleeping over last night. So we weren't in the, the check-in area. You know, we were, we were trying our best to, to get out and, and get out of the airport as quick as we could. So we, we got to our bag claim, and it actually wasn't, wasn't as bad as just as far as the amount of people that we saw, at least, um, you know, in a, in a very small area, just in the, the Hawaiian Airlines uh, bag claim area that, that we thought. So, um, again, yeah, we, we, we heard the same thing that you do. Yeah, 2,000 folks sleeping over in Kahului last night. But, um, you know, hopefully a lot of those folks got out of there. Uh, before we arrived around noon this afternoon, and, and it just didn't seem as bad. As so, as you continued on, I know you got to the chopper. When was really the first time on your in your travels that you started to notice and see like something was different? You know, flying in, uh, obviously you you coming to the to the south of the island and coming around the the west side. We didn't get to see Lahaina itself as we were flying over, but uh, we didn't get to see, you know, some of the, the south and the, the west, and we saw Kihei and just the smoke, right? It, it reminds me of, you know, 2018 Leilani Estates eruption, just the, the amount of fog in the air. It's reminiscent of the, the amount of smoke that you would see uh, where it just looks hazy and, and everything kind of uh, difficult to see off in the distance, which is uncharacteristic for Maui, right? Usually, especially when you got trade wind weather, you just have these incredible sight lines. Um, so, so that was a, a big one that, that stuck out to me. And then once you start to see upcountry, you see Kula, uh, three different spots that look like to us on fire. Um, pretty, pretty eye opening as, as soon as you're landing in Kahului to, to see those fires all, all burning. And then we see the, uh, the military choppers with the big buckets of water that are flying out there. I'm actually looking at one right now off in the distance, flying up country, getting ready to take off. Um, yeah, then, you know, it's an emergency, something, something big's happening. 
you were on the chopper uh, just a little while ago. I think you guys landed probably within the last 20 minutes. Uh, and we were, uh, Hunter and I were, were looking at one of the videos that you posted on the platform called X um, just before we got on the air. Um, take me through what you learned through, uh, through that flight. Just the, the amount of devastation, right? We had seen some of the, the videos from, you know, Maui County that was posted within the town. So we knew that it, it would look like the only way I can classify it is if you watch a, a war movie, like a war zone, right? And I've never experienced that in person, but to, to be about a thousand feet above it, um, residences completely flattened. You know, I, I wasn't able to count all of them, but just, you know, off the, off the cuff, it looked like hundreds of homes in Lahaina along Front Street, everything destroyed, everything flattened. Um, you know, reminiscent of flying over, if you remember Hurricane Andrew back in 1992, that was one of the, the first big natural disasters where I remember seeing helicopter video uh, of these homes flattened. And you know, we saw some of that later in that year with, with Hurricane Aniki, and that, that's what's reminiscent of it. It's homes completely flattened, and, and then businesses, buildings, uh, you know, the 150-year-old majestic banyan tree that sits right in the middle of Front Street and the the, the square there, um, you know, I, I've been to Lahaina a few times um, and, and just, you know, to think about what that is like on the ground, that majestic tree, again, 150 years old, and it, it just looks black. I don't know if the tree is going to survive, but, um, you know, as we were flying over also, you know, it was a very much active fire. We had uh, what looks like a, a self-storage area was completely engulfed in flames. Uh, you know, I can't confirm exactly which building that was, but just cross-referencing it with Google Maps, um, you know, right next to HPM in there in Lahaina, uh, very much on fire as we were flying over. So, you know, we spent about 40 minutes in the air documenting it and looking over it and um, the devastation. You know, it's as soon as you cross over Kaunapali and you head south to Lahaina, you smell the thick smoke in the air, even at the, the altitude we were at with the winds blowing you know, the fire and the smoke away from us, you can still smell it. Um, so, you know, unlike anything I've ever seen, Josh. KHON2, Sam Spangler joining us. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Um, people are looking for any signs whatsoever of positive movement, of, uh, you know, trying to kind of clear through this. And I think you pointed out something you know, with the help of, of state and federal partners, uh, now that, you know, we've, you've got daylight, you can see this a little bit more, that some of those those water drops and some of that help for, for weary firefighters right now is starting to, to, to come into effect there. Yeah, and we've seen the winds die down. Even since we landed at noon, the winds just seem to be a little more calm. Talking to the folks on the ground here in Kahului, they said that you know it's way, way less windy than it was yesterday. So that obviously helps the firefighters. Less wind, uh, less less chance for those those fires to just whip up and get out of control. Um, you know, I don't know if we've seen any rain in the forecast, unfortunately, um, but you know the the wind is the thing that really makes these things move quickly. Um, and then, you know, having FEMA on the ground already, we, we talked to Major General Hara uh, last night uh, on the KH12 News, and he said that, you know, FEMA was already here, fortunately, um, so hopefully they can provide assistance. And again, yeah, we have, you know, all the counties, you know, showing their help to, to Maui and to, the, and to Hawaii Island as well. Um, and then, you know, you've got the airport rescue firefighters that, that are on standby, and then the, the National Guard, which has, you know, been deployed out here to, to assist as well. And we've seen those National Guard helicopters going back and forth with the buckets to, to try and douse out these flames, and that's that's what they need. They need the water because we're not getting it from the sky right now. So hopefully we can get these winds to die down. 
Is there any update on if telecommunications has been restored to the area? I didn't get it, and that's one of the things that uh, makes me think, no, I, we haven't gotten an update on as far as like what it's like on the ground there. But flying over, you know, we had cell phone signal in Kahanapali. We had cell phone signal all the way through, and then as soon as we got to Lahaina, all of our cell phone signal dropped, and we were actually planning on you know filming a, a live shot while we were there, but we just couldn't because of the, the cell phone service is what we use for our, our, uh, our packages to, to send everything back to the station. And so we, we had no cell phone service. Um, so I, I imagine on the ground things are similar. I, I imagine there's got to be a tower out there, but that's just conjecture for me. And based that we, you know, that whole area of Lahaina, um, as soon as basically we got to Kaanapali, we just had, had nothing. Yeah, and that's, I know, one of the things that Mayor Bisson had mentioned today, I think, in, in his press conference, he said there were 29 utility poles down, fiber optics uh, you know, destroyed, um, and and that could be a little while. You, you you mentioned something, Sam, that I think is important to follow up on, and, and I want to give credit to, uh, to to Chevy Chevalier, your, your weather guy, uh, during Wake Up Today. One of the things that he does often that I think is a good reminder for us is the drought conditions that have, you know, it's the summer months, and a lot of, um, you know, Maui County, uh, western part of Hawaii Island sees some of these drought conditions, and you cannot help but think, that you know, these these winds coming from the high pressure system up north, you know, Dora down south, and and these drought conditions unfortunately have created this situation where um, these these fire conditions are, are are unfortunately likely. Yeah, and it's it's a dangerous situation. We had the red flag warning go up, and our uh, meteorologist Chevy Chevalier and then Justin Cruz as well as Montefiore were warning us all week that you know this creates very dangerous fire conditions. And one of the other things that happens, and I was speaking to a, a fire science expert from the University of Hawaii, Clay Trowernick, who does a, a great job. Uh, he explained that, you know, when we have a really wet season, like we just had with our last wet season, it grows all of these unnative plants and grasses. Uh, and, and when they dry out, they just become fuel. And, you know, you see the fountain grasses and the holicola that grow all over the place. You know, these are invasive species. Um, a lot of this is due to, you know, just abandoned land management and, you know, something that's, that he said is benign, but it's, you know, land management that we need to keep up with it because when these things grow out of control, it just becomes fuel for these brush fires. And that's one of the, the biggest problems we have is when there's high winds, you know, low humidity in the air, and all it takes is one ignition source. And, you know, if a power line gets knocked down or something like that, then it, it can happen really quickly. So, you know, it's just a, a good reminder for folks that, you know, we got to be diligent about, you know, not driving your car in this high brush stuff because that can create ignitions, not throwing cigarettes out the window trying to keep anything from igniting and keeping all the, the brush away from your home so your home doesn't catch on fire if there is a, a brush fire in your area. So, you know, things we can do as both an individual and then on a state level and county level as well. You know, I want to I want to credit Sam. You, I, I think Bridget's on the ground there. Uh, Nikki, I saw earlier today at, at one of the shelters. Um, you and your team have done a fantastic job. Uh, so so keep up the good work, and I really do. Uh, we really do appreciate giving us uh, a little bit of your time. Stay yeah. safe out there. All right. Thanks, Austin Hunter. Appreciate you. Bless all you, brother. Right. That is uh, Sam Spangler, KH12 uh, anchor and reporter. He joined us as uh, all of our guests do, courtesy of our hotline. Our thanks to Sam. Um, that's not easy. Uh, that is that is not easy reporting to do, and uh, we appreciate him uh, as he's. I mean, they got the news coming up. I think it. Uh, I think now. I think it is, and of yeah. course, five and five thirty. 
Uh, that that's um, that is still a tough situation, but it seems like as as he kind of mentioned, now the water drops are starting. Uh, now they're able to try to attack this from the air, whatever they can do to try to start to get some of this stuff under control. Um, that may be, uh, with all the despair we've seen, the start of maybe positive signs here. Yeah, if there is right a, a positive thing to take from it, yeah, right. I think yeah, hopefully that we're, um, I guess you could say starting to see, um, some sort of uh an end or a light at the end of the tunnel, if yeah. you will. Um, but again, we're we're not even twenty four hours into this whole situation and what all is going to roll out from it. You know, um, it's not just Maui County. Hawaii County is dealing this with this as well, but there has been some developing news there on Hawaii County. One of the brush fires had burned. I haven't seen an, uh, an, the most recent update. It burned uh, 1,800 acres near Kohala Ranch. There were uh, there were evacuations um, there for a, a good chunk of time from yesterday afternoon up until now. Some of those evacuations were lifted. The that fire was probably the worst one on Hawaii Island. Um, it had, uh, I think it had threatened about 200 homes. Mm. It had threatened a volunteer fire department, uh, a communications tower, um, an AT&T communications tower, and I, I, I don't remember what else was on that list. Uh, but there was a disaster declaration that was granted, so FEMA is going to take care of a lot of the uh, expenses, up to 75% of uh, of the money having you know gone into these fi- to, to that firefighting work for that fire. FEMA is going to reimburse up to that amount. Um, one piece of news out of that is they've reopened the road there uh, that had been closed since yesterday morning. That is a Konipule Highway in Kohala, and they have lifted the mandatory evacuation of Kohala Ranch, where a lot of those um, homes and, and residents in and around that area had been threatened since yesterday morning. So, like we said earlier, a, a lot of credit to those fire crews that have now started to continue to get a little better handle on on this and are, are trying to help in that in the, in the recovery but first it is still a to a degree and I think we go back to to Lahaina for a moment it is still in a way a rescue mission um if if you can find people that because of the you know the communications issue that you right. don't know where they are. Yeah. Um, it's a rescue mission. It is a property saving mission. There are, are so many things on the shoulders and backs of these. Uh, Not only uh, don't know crews. where they are, those people can't communicate back. Yeah. To even let you know they're in trouble. Right. Um, there's a lot of work ahead. Yeah. I think you, you said that very well. And, um, you know, Rob Coleus from the Maui News, I want to get his perspective um, in about 15 minutes. He did tell me he and his family and his property are safe, um, which we're happy to hear. Uh, I, I know for some they can't say the same thing, and, and our, our prayers and our thoughts go to them. Absolutely. Um, but I want to get Rob's perspective. I mean, he is a sports reporter, yes, but he's got the assets of the news people around him, and and you know he's he can kind of help us see um, what's there. I I do want to remind people, and I I thank our texter from the three eight four, texting us via our Zephyr Insurance hotline. Could you remind listeners that the Maui Food Bank and the Red Cross could use extra uh, extra help uh, as well? Um, absolutely. You know, we we thank a lot of first responders. 
Hunter. Yep. Sometimes we forget about the Red Cross folks. I mean, they, in the face of some of this stuff, they have to work quickly to, um, you know, put up a shelter. Uh, these shelters have been filled with people. I think uh, a few thousand people have already taken advantage of those shelters on Maui. And, um, you know, some of them pet friendly, you know, and some of those people, you know, acting with care, uh, with, with concern, some of the, some of them putting their own situations to the side to help others and, uh, and, a, and a credit to those individuals, uh, for what they do. So, uh, we do want to remind you our sister station, CBS 1500, will have some updates. Uh, we have the Yankees game going on right now, but some updates courtesy of CBS news, uh, just after the bottom of every hour. And then we will have. And again, our thanks to Sam. Uh, we will have a special simulcast of the KHON 2 News at 5 and 5.30 uh, as soon as that Yankees game is done. So uh, stay right here for that. And, of course, uh, every morning, wake up today from 5 to 9 uh, on CBS 1500, courtesy of our friends at KHON 2. We'll get traffic here. Uh, we'll come back uh, here on Off the Bench. And we'll, there are some conference realignment news mm. uh, coming out of the ACC and even out of the Mountain West here over the course of the last hour, or last couple of hours. We'll get to that coming up next. It is Off the Bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Coleus, in uh, about eight minutes, we've got another traffic update about uh, three minutes away. We've got some news on uh, conference alignment and not just uh, the Mountain West. Uh, we're working on getting audio on that here in a little bit, but also on the ACC. Uh, there was a vote tonight on expansion in the ACC and not enough of the presidents of the ACC schools approved a vote on expansion. Wow. Uh, I think there was, what, 15 members. They needed a certain amount to approve it, and they were one shy. And the vote was on two things. It was either, either um, well, vote was on Stanford and Cal. Yep. And um, there is word on SMU. Uh, SMU has offered to join the conference, and, and more on that in a moment. But it is interesting. This is, um, we've seen a lot of rampant stuff. You know, the Mountain West is trying to stay together, and you've got the ACC not quite sure if they want to go out west with Stanford and Cal, which if you're Stanford and Cal, um, this is kind of concerning for you, uh, given how uncertain the situation right now is with your schools. I think this is also a vote from the ACC on if they want a rebrand or not. Mm -hmm. Because if you go all the way out west, you have to abandon your conference name. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. So I, I, I think that it's also kind of uh, an ironic vote against that where they're wanting to stay on the eastern the eastern seaboard. Yeah. Uh, there four current ACC members are against it. What is interesting is one non-football member has been pushing it, and that's Notre Dame. We forget that Notre Dame is a member of the That's ACC, right. just not in football, and they have been trying to make that push 
for Stanford and Cal. It is worth noting Stanford and Notre Dame kind of have, you know, a, a little thing together. I think what it comes down to is if you can't really get uh, a lot of money out of, um, you know, out of Stanford and Cal, is it really worth it? But here's the other development. SMU wants in. And SMU so desperately wants in the ACC, they are willing to forego any revenue for five to seven years, wow. which is almost unheard of. Uh, and that's according to Brett McMurphy. They're willing to do that because they get a lot of, 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 of private donations in order to, uh, to make it happen. Here, SMU is also offered to join without taking any revenue in the first five to seven years. Gets you to Texas. Um, no word on whether the ACC has acted on that yet. All right, traffic here. Sports Center's on the way. Rob Coley is coming up as well. It's off the bench. Coming up in a little while, um, we're actually working on getting audio right now from uh, our good folks in Boise, Idaho. Um, that is, where is it? Uh, that is Bronco Nation News. They did an interview with Gloria Navarez, the commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. And she was asked really about Washington State and Oregon State and basically said, when you're ready to make a decision, we're here. Um, because we've heard the uh, American Athletic Conference could be in play for Washington State and Oregon State, and yeah, she basically just kind of says, uh, you know, we're we can we can make something work. So um, we're actually working on on getting that audio into our system. Um, hopefully, next hour we'll be able to. Uh, uh, we'll be able to bring that to you. So stand by for that. Uh, we continue to follow what's going on on Maui. Uh, and uh, Rob Coleus has uh, always been so gracious with his time. He is uh, with the Maui News, their sports writer. Um, there is a a sports and high school football impact, and I want to get to that um, at the very end. But, uh, Rob, first and foremost, I'm glad you and your family and um, and, and your property is safe. But take me through... The last uh, probably about 36 hours. Uh, take me through what that has been like, uh, where you are, and what you've heard from people that you know. Well, yeah. Hi, Josh. Uh, thanks for the kind wishes. Uh, I've had a ton of those from, honestly, all over the globe today. Um, but, yeah, it's been just surreal heartbreaking, devastating, stunning, um, whatever you want to, whatever adjective you want to put to it to describe this just once in a knock on wood, hopefully once in a lifetime experience for me. Um, but yeah, we have been, um, you know, we got noticed. 10 a.m. or so yesterday, and it, it, it was true that the Lahaina fire, and there's more than one fire, obviously. I just got a text from my son that um, an evacuation might be necessary again in Kihei. I'll get to that in a second. That's where I live. Uh, right now I'm at uh, Target with my daughter and her boyfriend picking up some supplies 
much-needed supplies, baby formula, pillows, blankets, stuff like that, to take over to War Memorial Gymnasium. Uh, my son and I, who's a my son is a teacher at Maui High, we spent uh, last night uh, at the Maui High shelter, which was overflowing. But, yeah, the, the last 36 hours, uh, 10 a.m. yesterday, we got noticed that the Lahaina fire was 100% contained, and it was, uh, but the stupidly high winds um, restoked that fire, um, and, you, you know, we just didn't have enough first responders, firemen, police, and, and uh, let me say, first of all, I know a lot of those guys, they are the best at what they do. But when you have a fire on a, a steep hillside, mountainside, West Maui mountains, or, um, you know, Haleakala or a place like that and winds gusting to 50, 60, 70 miles an hour, it is humanly impossible to contain those fires 100%. Uh, we learned that in the worst way, the images coming from Lahaina are uh, stunning, sickening, uh, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I've been in touch with a lot of people. Um, Dean Ricard, for one, the, the head coach of Lahaina Luna football, told me he had to leave his house. Uh, he doesn't know if it's still standing. His brother, Todd Ricard, the renowned uh, Lahaina Luna girls basketball coach, a former standout Lahaina Luna football player himself. Um, his, his house burned, his son's house burned, um, and stuff like that. My, my, son, my, my daughter and her boyfriend are getting in the car right now. That's the car uh, doors banging. But, uh, uh, you know, Dean, Dean texted me and said, you know, I don't know if my house is still there. We can't really play a football game in this situation, so they won't. Hilo will not make the trip here to play Lahaina Luna in a Saturday evening game at War Memorial Stadium. Uh, obviously, there's much more important things to worry about. Lahaina Luna football players have lost homes. Uh, coaches have lost homes. Two uh, of, you know, the Ricard name, at Lahaina Luna is right there with the Tejada name at Lahaina Luna. Their homes are gone. Um, you know, they're just looking for shelter right now. It's uh, it's a crazy time, my man. I, I hope I'm not rambling too much. No, you're 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 giving us good context on on what's going on. I I, I did want to ask you since you're at the store and not to kind of get get away from what you were talking about, but you're at the store, they're at Target. Yeah. Um, what is what is the mood there? Um, are you seeing a, a mass amount of people there? What what's what's that like? Well, Target is always busy on Maui, but it's pretty busy right now. And I did notice a bunch of folks uh, grabbing pillows and and blankets and, and, and baby formula, uh, stuff like that. Uh, we're going to drop this off, and my daughter and her boyfriend are going to volunteer at War Memorial Gym. Like I said, my son and I were overnight at Maui High Gymnasium. 1,200 people signed the Red Cross 
um, you know, paper, you know, registration. Uh, there was at least a whole bunch more. I estimated 2,000 total, but a whole bunch more people didn't bother to sign in. They stayed in their cars in a jam-packed parking lot overnight, slept in their cars. I, I made sure that my elderly upstairs neighbors from me and Kihei, I knocked on their door late last night uh, when they were sleeping, made sure that they got to shelter um, as we heard the you know, the possibility of evacuation would come. Just got another text from my son that we might have to evacuate again. But, uh, yeah, the, the image is coming from Lahaina. Um, devastating. You know, people are dead. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, it seems kind of silly almost to talk about high school football at this time. But there won't be any games on Maui on Saturday. There were supposed to be three. Uh, King Kekalike was going to ha- uh, host Kohala, uh, or Honoka, yeah. excuse me. Um, you know the Big Island well. I know that, Josh. And um, then two games were going to be held at War Memorial, Edison of California, Orange County, California. A powerhouse was going to play Baldwin at 4.30 at War Memorial, uh, that none of those games are going to happen. Lahaina Luna was going to follow that game at War Memorial against Hilo. That would have been a, a great matchup uh, of two state title contenders at the Division One level. Uh, but that's not going to happen for understandable reasons. Edison very graciously tweeted uh, from their uh, team account this morning, you know, hey, this I remember one of the lines, this is a whole lot more important than football. They are not making the trip. They were going to play Baldwin on Saturday, Lahaina Luna next Friday, and they're a really good team. And you got you got to understand that um, is the trip of uh, a lifetime for some of those kids. There's a whole bunch of Division One kids on that roster, uh, but guaranteed they had to fundraise uh, a lot to make a 10-day or so trip to the state of Hawaii, guaranteed. Uh, so, you know, that's not happening for them. So this has really wide-ranging um, consequences. And, and boy, it's just, uh, it's just a sad day, man. And uh, it's going to take the island of Maui, I believe, many years, decades perhaps, to overcome this uh Front Street that was destroyed uh, is our Waikiki, the big commerce area. It means a lot to this island's economy. Uh, so there's there's so many ramifications. But I will say, if I may, uh, Jamie Yap, the principal at Maui High, uh, Desiree Sides, the uh, complex area super superintendent of Kulani Hakoi, the brand new high school in Kihei, uh, Maui High, Kinke Kalike, and Baldwin was there all night coordinating things. Jamie Yap, there all night coordinating things. About 10 of his staff members, including my son, uh, came in, ran things with one American Red Cross uh, volunteer last night, and she was awesome. I wish I could tell you her name, but I can't. I didn't catch it, but 
yeah, you know, Maui High uh, staffers stepped up, and this community came together, at least in the spot I was at. Like I said, I estimated 2,000 or so last night at Maui High. That's going to probably be the same amount again tonight. Uh, and there's going to have to be, we're going to have to find some, you know, more permanent shelter for these folks who are now without a house, man. And it's just, it's just heart breaking, heart wrenching, uh, really sad, man. Yeah. Uh, Rob Coley is joining us, um, sports writer for the Maui news. And by the way, from, from our staff, um, you know, if you, if you get a chance, please tell your son and his significant other, uh, thank you for, uh, for the work that they're doing. I, I know, a lot of people really do uh, appreciate that sacrifice. Um, I, I did want to ask you one more thing before I let you go, because I know it's it's a very um, it, it's a very fluid situation there. Everybody's been talking about Lahaina, and understandably so. I've been there. Um, you know, we we've seen each other there for many years, um, yep. and, and we talk about the cultural significance. We talk about the the commerce significance. Uh, but you mentioned Kihei, and, and I I remember seeing a video earlier today of of some of the fires there and i don't i don't want to forget that area because now you know we're talking a little bit more on and you can correct me if i'm wrong here we're talking a little bit more about some of the residential stuff as as we go more into the personal and family loss uh in in that area it kind of takes a a different um different kind of conversation with kihei doesn't it it does uh you know, a brand, the, the newest school in the state, DOE, Kulani Hakoe High School, which is about half a mile from my condo. Uh, my daughter and her boyfriend live on that street. Uh, the, the flames were close to a two-day-old $245 million uh, facility. It took a while to get open because of you know, a, an issue over, you know, the overpass, underpass right. thing. We don't need to get into that. But <laughs> yeah. That was two days old, and, and flames were within a couple hundred yards. I'm sure the buildings are brand new, obviously, and I'm sure they're as fire retardant as possible. But, you know, as we saw in Lahaina, you know, things just happen so fast. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Lahaina Luna Road, the, the road up to Lahainalina High School, the oldest school west of the Rockies, 1831. Um, and from what I've heard, the school is safe for now, uh, but that's not a, under control yet either. But, yeah, it's just so much uh, stuff. Um, and, so, you know, my, house, my condo, my daughter's apartment, uh, you know, we're within half a mile of each other in Kihei, and we were, you know, my son and I had to evacuate last night. We had the, honestly, the pleasure of helping, helping. It felt, it helped us feel better about what we were doing. I'm taking my daughter and her boyfriend to go volunteer right now at War Memorial Gym. Uh, Maui Prep opened their gorgeous gym to uh people who had to you know go north from lahaina to 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 escape the uh devastation 
Uh, they they uh, deserve credit. Um, and but uh, yeah, it, it has pulled the community together. I was super impressed with what I saw at Maui High Gym last night. I mean, Hart uh, felt you know uh, just uh, great feelings from my experience there last night. And I was there all night, as were the top, some of the top officials in the DOE in Maui County, and they, they weren't going anywhere until everybody was taken care of. And I'm talking about, you know, folks, a gentleman came in who was blind. Uh, a couple gentlemen, people came in who were deaf. And, you know, uh, accommodations were made. Uh, the best was... Uh, you know, the, the community just came together in a time of need, and it was really, really, really heartwarming. Rob, um, wow. Bless you and your family, um, and, and seriously, from, from our team. You're just, our just, heroes, man. Yeah. Um, stay safe. Uh, we're, we're thinking about you. We're thinking about that community, and uh, I'll, I'll be in touch with you here over the next couple of days just to just to check in on you and see how you guys are doing. But I, I really appreciate you. I know you're shopping. You're taking care of things, but I appreciate you giving us a little bit of time to really kind of give us a perspective on, on what's happened on the ground there. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, yeah, prayers for Maui, man. Absolutely. That's uh, that's Rob Coleus. Thank you, Rob. Rob from the uh, Maui News. He's their sports writer. Um, Just handling business over there. Yeah, um, that is. And you know, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of people who, in these situations, sports writers sometimes become news writers. Uh, I think of Rob DeMello sometimes, who it has been. I, I remember. I think in one of the last storms, like Rob was called into like. I think news work. I think Kyle Chenen was called into camera work at some point over at, at, at HNN. Um, some, you know, sometimes you're called into news and, and sometimes you're, you're called into action um, for your community. Yeah. You know, one thing about real small town, local, uh, local journalism is that it hits that close to your heart. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are, and, and I'll, I'll give you some context before we, we go to break here. You know, right now the Maui News is going through a struggle with with their owner, um, the owner of that newspaper. There's like a contract dispute over over their pay. And, you know, a lot of those guys right now are struggling as we speak because they don't feel like they are being paid what they deserve. They don't feel like they're being treated the way they deserve. And these are the moments when local journalism and small town journalism has a value that is beyond a price and it has a value beyond a budget line item. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot, I think about some of those who are doing their job while also having to evacuate or having to, um, you know, take care of their family or, or, or whatever it is. That's, that's hard. It's really hard. Um, but and we appreciate Rob uh, giving us a little bit of his time. Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, our thanks to Rob Coleus. I believe we're going to get these interviews online, or you're going to hear snippets of it on our on our social media platforms, just so people kind of have an idea of um, what's been going on. Uh, do want to remind you about um, 
uh, Pigskin uh, Pig Out, which is coming up August uh, 16th at Murphy's Bar and Grill. It's the 26th edition of the event. Uh, they've got a roasted pig dinner, beverages, a great auction as well. Get your tickets at Murphy's or at Hawaii Bowl Foundation. Dot org. Let's get traffic in here. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Man, um, our thanks to Rob Coleus. Uh, we had Sam Spangler earlier in the hour, um, really giving us a, a little bit of context uh, on what's going on on Maui, and we'll, we'll continue to follow that. I do want to remind people that... Uh, uh, we'll have a special simulcast of the uh, KHON 2 News uh, at 5 and 5.30 uh, once the Yankees game is done. Um, technically, it is done. The Yankees look awful today. Um, but once that game is done, uh, KHON 2 News at 5 and 5.30 will air on CBS 1500. Uh, we've had some updates from our partners at CBS News. Um, they have been leading their, uh, their, their national newscasts with what is going on on the island of Maui, I, I real quickly, and we'll we'll get to the conference alignment stuff at the top of the hour. When Rob was talking about the Ricards, uh, you know, they are there are names Lahaina Luna for for being a um, one of the, as he said the oldest school you know, west of the Rockies. Yeah, there are. Um, there are names like like Konawina, the Awas, um, you know, their coaches and their players and the legacy they leave on athletics there. The Ricards are are one of those that kind of have left their legacy on on athletics. And and to show you how a a national a, a natural disaster like this does not discriminate. You know, to to hear one of those coaches who's given so much to that community yeah. suffering that loss and and others that have suffered that loss um it 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 does show you how widespread it is we were just watching a video um that hawaii news now had posted um on on their page from just within the last hour of very few buildings standing and even those buildings if they were standing they were gutted windows um, doors gutted. It looked like a tornado went through there. Yeah. Um, like, sorry, we we're not talking a lot, but it's just it it steals the words right out of your mouth. Looking at it, it's hard. I you know I granted you know I have news experience. Yeah. This is still hard for me. Um, to be able to in real time with, with what's going on, be able to convey, you know, more than just the, the, the shock and in, in a way horror of what we've been seeing. And, um, when, when he said, you know, at, at, how would I put it? As we've been reminded a little bit about, so now water drops coming down. We we're talking about Hawaii Island where there seems to be some progress. When when you hear Rob talk about how things may be moving backwards in Kula. Yeah. Not, I'm sorry, not Kula, Kihei. Kihei. Um, they might maybe, be evacuating uh, again. Right. Um, it, it reminds you that this is still not over. Um, 
there are still communities that are really dealing with um, with, with some of these problems. Uh, we'll we'll get back to the sports side coming up uh, in a little bit. It's been a busy day. Um, we've got a no hitter in Major League Baseball. We're watching Gila Little League, who is down to uh, Northern California, one nothing, top of the fifth inning in the uh, West Regional Semifinal of the Little League World Series. A lot to get to. Conference realignment. We'll get to that after Sports Center. Okay, um, well, that's a that's a way to bring us into the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu, Hunter Hughes, uh, Josh Pacheco, great to have you in. Uh, thanks so much for uh, taking us along. All of our guests, uh, when they appear, they do so. Courtesy of our hotline, um, coming up here in a few moments, uh, Gloria Navarra's uh, audio. Uh, we, uh, we talked about one of the interviews she did earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Bronco Nation News and KTIK. We're working on a couple of bits of audio. We've got one of them in here. We're going to get the other in here shortly. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk about what she has said regarding conference alignments. That's coming up here uh, in a little while. A couple of texters uh, from our Zephyr Insurance text line, texter from the uh, 228. Do you know of Canole? He and his wife's family on Maui are okay. Um, I don't, I don't know about his family. I know he is, Kanoa's here. Um, I don't, I don't know the information on his family, however. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of, I mean, I, I know he was on the air earlier today. Uh, if anything, he'll probably address that tomorrow. If there is anything to address, um, that will be on the news tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the only one we've gotten here so far. So, um, we're going to continue to follow that. If there's anything that we can pass along your way, uh, we'll definitely do that. All right. Uh, Gloria Navarez, Mountain West Commissioner, was on uh, earlier today on KTIK. They're in Boise, uh, their Bronco News Nation show uh, or one of the shows that they have. And uh, she was asked uh, a couple of things, um, and, I'll, and I'll ask – Liz, as a reminder, uh, on the other side, when that audio is done, just just hit stop and, and drop it in the logs. We can use that as our, our, our second piece. You can rename it. Uh, but this is the first one. This is Gloria Navarez on the Monday meeting that the uh, Mountain West uh, presidents got together and had regarding uh, that conference's situation. Take a listen. Well, as, as it's been reported, and most know, we had a president's meeting on Monday evening. And, you know, it was really good. It was really level-setting trying to sort fact from fiction, just kind of going over what the environment was, what some of the pros and cons are to the different scenarios. So we really didn't land on any one um, path, but we ended in a place that we're united as a league. And, you know, I'm not naive to think that the market could change and that unity could fracture, but for now, (laughs) we, we are really together. We know we have a strong negotiation position. We have a strong league and a brand um our linear media rights deal is certainly an asset and so we're we're really just ready and you know looking forward to capitalizing on opportunities that may come up that was uh gloria navarre's mountain west commissioner um earlier today on ktik we'll get one more piece of audio um she was asked about the merger part of the conversation we'll we'll, we'll get that in here shortly what I what I thought was interesting, and I and I love Gloria uh, for the fact that she is somewhat like she's she doesn't hide a lot. That's right. Um, you know, and and she said we didn't land on one path, 
But at the same time, we're all, you know, kind of, you know, we're unified and we're together. I don't know, and, and maybe it's not right, I guess, to assume, but part of me wonders if that's a little bit of a of a shot at, you know, some of the reports about San Diego State. Mm. But also um, the fact that, you know, there are many things that are out there. I mean, um, like the ACC seems to have a, a few options out there. That This is also one of those areas that is, is uh, under discussion with merger, just adding all of those things. Does it see that there is not necessarily unan- unanimity on what to do, yeah. but that the conference is, I, I don't know about San Diego State, but it seems like the conference wants to stay together, that there's you know at, at least kind of that forward movement there. Yeah, I mean, it could be a poke towards San Diego State or just a, a poke to the circus that we find ourselves in with all of conference realignment right mm-hmm. now. It seems like there's something new happening on the daily. Right. Um, and, yeah, I, I've always appreciated her... Um, candor her honesty and uh if she can speak on something she will yeah Yeah. on um that there have been other times where she's graciously you know moved past a question uh we know one of those that's right uh even from our show yeah (laughs) um but uh you know we totally understand that um i think you know the, the mountain west is in somewhat of a a driver's seat here josh where we're kind of sitting pretty and if it's it's kind of an open-handed if the opportunity presents itself we're open right to it not not necessarily we're going to completely change directions to um to kind of bend over backwards for a couple of schools that aren't a part of us. But if they want to come and be a part of what we're doing, hey, let's let's talk about that. Um, she did talk about Washington State and Oregon State, and, and that's the part of the audio we don't really have ready yet. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. We're getting a lot of this on the fly. So a lot you know, going on today. Bear bear with us. Yep. I mean, we, we got where to get the interview like as we're doing the show. So uh, you know, bear with us on that. But um, she basically said, hey, um, you know, you want to join us, we're ready. And, you know, this is a reminder that as much as the Mountain West is together, and and it seems like it is, that there is another part of this conversation. There is the American Athletic Conference that seems to be the closest competitor to the Mountain West when it comes to Washington State and Oregon State. And, heck, who knows? Maybe Stanford and Cal. Um, I don't know what that situation looks like, but as of right now, the ACC is not united on Stanford and Cal. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, they have kind of a, an, an interesting future here in the next week or two. So Gloria Navarre is basically saying, hey, we see value in you know, they'll, they'll It seems like they're being realistic. Washington State and Oregon State. Yeah, we see value in you. We're willing to try to make something happen. Um, figure out what you want to do, but we're here. We're ready. And as much as we talk about it, we've talked about it several times, Washington State and Oregon State, I don't think add a ton of value, um, but maybe it, it unlocks the door to at least try to see if you can get any more value um, out of your television deals to bring a little bit more money into uh, into the Mountain West. Yeah, and I think with... 
some of the other, I was about to say power five, power four conferences out there, the interest is certainly more on Stanford and Cal than it is on Washington and Oregon State. And, you know, it's not really our job to make sure they find a home. I, I, I hate to be that that guy, yeah. but I, I think I think Gloria Navarro would agree with me that it's not our fault that the Pac-12 disintegrated. Right. So it's it's on them if they want to come and join us, and if not, good luck at the American and flying all over the country. Now, this is Gloria Navarro. She was asked about you know one of those options on the table being the merger conversation that people have had. Merge those four Pac-12 or four schools with the rest of the Mountain West. Um, and and honestly, I I don't know that that's the the best option. And and the host who asked the question wasn't really sure about that option either. Uh, this was Gloria Navarro's ad- addressing that merger part of the conversation from earlier. Well, you know, people say the word merger, and it could mean a lot of things. It could be the dis- dissolution of one joining the other, or vice versa, or the dissolution of both creating one new. And all of those have so many different facets to it that require untangling corporations and things way outside my lane, mergers and acquisitions, liquidity. But to to really sum it up, there's a lot of great things about the Pac-12. And if we were in the position to talk about whether we, whether to merge or retain, you know, we want to go in eyes wide open. We want to know what all the assets are and what all the liabilities are and, and what would be the best for both if we started those conversations. Again, that's Gloria Navarez uh, from Bronco News Nation and KTIK uh, there, you know, the, the ticket there in Boise. So you hear that um, in, in regards to that merger talk like we've talked about. Does anything stick out to you there? The fact that they're even talking merger, I feel like we would be throwing them a humongous bone. Mm-hmm. They are literally on the brink of being six feet under. So the, the, the fact that we're even talking about a merger, usually with a merger, Josh, you're, you're talking about two equal parties trying to join together to become one greater thing right now. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 certainly was greater maybe like a month ago. Then, if that, yeah. Yeah, if that. And now they need the mountain... if. If this merger is on the table, right, they need the Mountain West way more than the Mountain West needs the Pac-12, way more. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that 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 part is puzzling. What? Why? Why do we need to do that? Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the conversation around that has been, well, yeah, um, you know, we can capitalize on the the Pac-12's autonomous five status that maybe this will make us one of those autonomous five teams, get us a, an automatic spot in the current college football playoff um, format. Um, but we know what's going to happen. The The conferences are going to get together, regardless of how this shakes out. They're going to say, no, there is no more power five. It's a power four. There's no real great television, I think, exposure here that, that makes it that. And no, Washington State and, and all that stuff doesn't make it that either. Um, but also I, you know, you've got old Washington state folks right now throwing the PAC 12 under the bus, uh, Kirk Schultz, their um, I think their president. Yeah. Kirk Schultz is their president. Um, 
and he was basically saying the the, the Pac-12 has been in decline mm. for a while, and and nobody's been able to to really save it. So when I hear a current member of that conference basically saying this conference has been mismanaged, it has been um, what, however you want to put it, driven to this point. Yeah. Why do I want that? Why do I want a dissolution and the name still hanging over the good name of of some of those schools that have done nothing wrong and have had to kind of live through the Larry Scott and uh, George Klyavkov um, failed era as as conference commissioners? Why why would I want to let them go through that again? I'm I'm with you, man. I I, I don't understand the 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 need to do that the the necessity right I, I, i'm missing that part of this equation but maybe that's uh privy information that we're not we're not able to to hear maybe um it, it i i think we've talked about this several times i i believe the mountain west is in a position of power right mm-hmm. um you know they have the numbers i don't know that they have the the television deal i think the position of power if you're looking for money if you're looking for um you know, payout to schools, I think, is actually with the American. But if we're just talking about Mountain West to Pac-12, um, the Mountain West is the one that really holds all the cards here. That's right. And so if I'm Gloria Navarez, I I think you owe it to your membership to play with that deck. I think also the the thing for us as Hawaii fans, as Hawaii residents – if this merger were to happen, you know, what's in the best interest of University of Hawaii? If the Mountain West adds two more schools, four more schools, if all four of them end up coming over, you know, are they going to be forced to look at, hey, who's this one school that only offers us one sport? Hawaii. Yeah. I don't like the Mountain West looking at us with a magnifying glass and asking what kind of value do they bring us? Yeah. So w- with all of this, it, it makes me worried for our stock in the Mountain West. And I think I, I think you're right. I think that's where – I well, let me put it this way. I, I, I think if you're able to get a couple more schools as an even number, I think you can feel a little bit better. As, a, as an even number of schools. I think if you find yourself in an odd number, let's say Washington State is fine with it, but Oregon State's still reviewing their options, then I think you talk about Hawaii a little bit. Or, or you look at Hawaii as an asset still, and then you look at um, San Jose State or you look at Nevada and you ask yourself, okay, maybe we can bring in Hawaii as an all sports member, but we look at Nevada and San Jose State and wonder what is their value? Mm. What are they um, adding to us at the moment? It's, it, it Again, it's all conjecture as we know, but that's what we've been kind of kind of left to but i see in washington state's president his his line is um you know on the bottom of your screen saying they'll continue to invest in athletics like a power five school and you know when i hear that i hear that as a uh, i hear that as a line of someone that wants to be wanted like um 
you want us, we're bringing our best. We're going to still spend like a school that's got power five money. We're not going to, you know, we're, we're not going to drop sports, which would be probably the easiest thing to do when, when you face a loss of revenue. We're going to still act like we are a, a major conference school, and we're going to bring that to your group of five conference. That sounds like something an athletic director says to be wanted. Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely see how this plays out. But certainly, right now, um, it is uh, it it is uh, it is a good situation for the Mountain West. It's a good situation right now for the Mountain West to be in. Yeah, the question is going to be. How long um, can they? How long can they keep? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? How long can they keep the leverage? Hmm. If they lose it, then I, I think I, I think they can put themselves in uh, a, a pretty bad situation. We'll get to your text messages and more in a moment. Traffic right here. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Hey, no. All right, Sports Center update is coming up in uh, just a little bit. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Um, we're going to save this bite for the next segment, so you don't have to rush to it now, Liz. Um, Gloria Navarez was asked about um, whether you know about the the competition. Is there a PR battle to win with the competition regarding um, you know the the uh, uh, the AAC, the American? And she had an interesting answer to that. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, texture from the 497 via our Zephyr Insurance text line. Stanford and Cal negotiating travel subsidies with the ACC. Interesting. I mean, if not everybody in the ACC wants you, then yeah. Um, unfortunately, you kind of have to figure out... Um, you know your your way around that if you really want in. Yep. And um, it, it, that that's going to be tough. The the long range travel, which means to me that they must be relying on a lot of donors. That's great. That literally all of your conference games, except one, right, <laughs> is on the other side of the country. That's right. The only one that's not is Stanford or Cal. Yeah, that's, that's right. ridiculous. And um, you know that it, this is maybe where the Power Five spending helps you for a little while. Um, and I think in maybe I'll I'll put this in the perspective of hope. You, you maybe do the travel subsidies. We know a little bit about that with Hawaii, but also. Um, if you're going to get more money from the AAC, maybe that offsets some of that. Maybe that could help take uh, t- you know, take a load off the travel subsidies. So maybe maybe there is that. I'm trying to see it from from both sides. You know the the concessions, but yet at the same time, um, you know trying to figure out the fiscal uh, part of it. Gloria Navarez on maybe competition with the AAC. That's after traffic and Sports Center here off the bench. Gloria Navarez on competition, maybe, with the American Athletic Conference. Uh, that coming up here in, in just a little bit. Obviously, we're following what's going on on Maui. A um, 
couple of things that uh, we do want to uh, bring to your attention as uh, as we continue to try to rally uh, people together as much as we can. Uh, we've heard from the folks at uh, Foodland. Uh, they have, um, you know, they're they're talking about how you could donate to the American Red Cross through their uh, Together We Give program, and Foodland says they'll match a portion of each gift. So they say how wow. you can do it. Um, you can make a donation uh, at checkout up to two hundred forty nine dollars. You can uh, donate two hundred fifty my cutty points, which is equivalent to a five dollar donation, or you can round up your purchase to the nearest dollar. Nice, and and the rest of that obviously can uh, can go there. So there's a couple of ways you can do that. Um, the other thing, and I I think this was that. Um, here it is. Uh, this is from Hawaiian Electric. They're asking people for patience on Maui um, with a number of outages. Here here here's the info. Uh, we were kind of looking for just some of the. Um, the numbers here to give you an idea of how bad it's been, power, communications, etc. Um, upcountry Maui. This is Kula to Kanaio. They've brought back some of the power there, um, but here, here's what they're dealing with. They're making repairs to more than 30 spans of downed power lines to try to get people back up to... Um, areas like uh, the Olinda, uh, Pi'iholo, and other pockets. Mm. 30 spans of downed power lines. Wow. And uh, West Maui, about 12,400 customers are still offline. They're, um, they have multiple downed poles and spans of power lines in various areas there. Dang. Yeah. It's um, extensive. It is. And, and I, I think that kind of put some of it in in perspective as well you know the fire but also um you know just just some of uh, what else you know that fire has caused so um you know that that's some of the stuff that we've learned here recently and and there's more stuff um that we'll continue to know um the KHON2 news at 5:30 right now is airing on our sister station uh CBS 1500 so we've got that uh if you need the latest information we'll have that going on until 6 o'clock tonight all right let's turn back to conference alignment um mm. it seems like at least for two of the four Pac-12 schools that the competition right now is between the Mountain West and the American Athletic. At, at least that's what it seems. So Gloria Navarez was asked if there is like a, a, a PR battle potentially to try to um, compete against the AAC and, and not lose potentially this battle to the AAC. And this is how she responded. Yes, and I, I hear what you're saying. As comparable offers they may be uh, thinking about the American would probably be our counterpart as far as threat. I mean, we're not going to out offer some like a ACC or a big 10 or a big 12. So from my perspective, we have a really good thing. We have a linear rights media rights deal, fully linear, no streaming that is up in two, two more years. We'll go to market in two more years. It's up in three. And so we, 
have that and we have the ability to go to market soon. I, I think the American has their media rights deal out to 2034, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and geography, certainly you save a lot if you stay within your region. Um, but more importantly, I, I just think there's a lot of commonality between Oregon State and Washington State if they were to consider us. I mean, you think about the schools in our league, that there's a lot of fit there. There's a lot of similar land grant, large public institution, only show in town, really strong fan bases. So again, I don't want to jump in front of the process that Oregon State and Washington State are going through, but you know, we, we, we're ready. We're putting a lot of thinking into it. And uh, that was Gloria Navarez uh, earlier today with uh, Broncos News Nation, uh, KTIK, uh, basically saying, hey, we're we're open for business. But I, I do think, I mean, she's right. You can go to, to, to media negotiations here in a couple of years when that contract expires. But I think her point of, hey, we are fully linear. We are fully TV which is not entirely true because um, you know there are some games that air on on stadium if it's not on television. Um, I don't think being strictly on TV is something that makes you better than um, than the American. The American brings in more money, and they are not strictly TV. They are. ESPN plus produced broadcast plus television. Um, and they make on average of $3 million more million a year. So if she's playing that card of, hey, we have this advantage, I don't think that's really an advantage. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and I would, I would hate for her to play that card and then kind of have that played against her. Yeah. We... We have a group of five TV deal, mm-hmm. but up until now, that's never been a problem, right? You know, we aren't supposed to get a power five TV deal because we're not power five, right? So, um, also I, I don't think that we even need to go down the whole avenue of we're better than the American. We don't need to go there. No. We don't even need to go. Like, I don't even want to consider that. Interesting. Okay. Because they're, they have just as, um, they have just as much of a right to make the college football playoff as we do as a group of five conference. It's completely up to Washington State, Oregon State, um, and then Cal and Stanford. On where they want to go, I I I don't I don't want us to get in the weeds of in this like weird competition thing because they they might they they, they might be great additions to us, but I don't think they necessarily any of those schools necessarily elevate our conference like instantaneously. Mm-hmm. So um, be above it, uh, be open to business, but don't get in the the place of needing to convince people that we're better than you know the american or something like that i don't think we need to do something like that yeah and you know what if the american were to add at least two of those schools if not four i don't think they become an autonomous five conference either um i think they are still a group of five conference or a group of six now i guess 
um, that loses that power and would have to be, still be just like the Mountain West in, uh, you know, in, in, in order to, um, you know, make its case that it belongs. A um, couple of, um, couple of, of, of things here. Texter from the 630 via our Zephyr Insurance text line. As a football-only member of the Mountain West Conference with a 15,000-seat stadium, should we be a little bit worried about our status? Cal and Stanford with more to offer. Let's take the first one. Should we be worried about our status as a football-only member with a 15,000-seat stadium? I think at this current state, I don't think we have any anything really to worry about. They haven't declared that they're even going to be merging to the Pac-12 or anything like that. I mean, there's discussions about everything at this moment, but I am inclined to be a little bit on the side of that texter that we need to start thinking about how do we position Hawaii in the best possible value giver that we could possibly be. I don't think I'd be worried with the 15,000-seat stadium thing. No. Uh, the Mountain West has been behind us on that. They have um, they have shown their support for Hawaii's situation, knowing that it's not our fault. That's right. So I don't I don't think it's that. Um, I think I would be worried if, for whatever reason, the Mountain West got to an e- to an odd number. I think we yeah. talked about this before. You get to an odd number, all of a sudden, someone is expendable. And I would be concerned. I don't think it's only us, but I think there's a few schools that should be worried if you become an expendable odd number. Um, but, okay, Cal and Stanford with more to offer. First off, Cal and Stanford, I don't believe, are going to the Mountain West. I, if I had to, to put the pecking order down of Cal and Stanford's options, the ACC is one. Yep. And I still think that's alive. They'll find a way to make that work. They just need one school president to change his or her mind and make that work. And I think they'll get there. But if not that, I think the AAC is second. Actually, no, I take that back. I think independence is second. Mm. Yeah, they're they're strong enough to do that. Stanford is. Cal, not so much. But you could you could make the excuse of okay, we can we can do a home and home. We've got some of our games already, you know, taken care of. So we, we've got that. Um, all we need to do is find an FCS member. We can, you know, find some schools that maybe are willing to restructure some of what they got. And you could take a year to, you know, kind of figure things out before making a decision. I think I think they have that going for them. Um, so I don't, I don't, but I don't think Cal and, I think the Mountain West would be like the fourth and final option. For Cal and Stanford, I think the AAC would would come above that. If you're a Washington State and Oregon State, independence is not an option for them. I don't I don't think their brand is strong enough to to even have that chance. Uh, one more here from the two nine one. What does Hawaii bring to the table to the Mountain West being a football member only? I heard besides Hawaii, the Mountain West would get rid of Nevada and San Jose State if they could. I okay. I think it's not if they could. It's not if the Mountain West could. I think it's if San Diego State could. Mm. I'm sorry. I, I don't put this on Gloria Navarre's. I put this on San Diego State trying to strong arm people. And I don't believe for a second that San Diego State's now the, a, a victim of fake news. I doubt that. 
San Diego State's one of the original members. They're going to look out for their original members, and, and, and that's fine. Um, it's San Diego State who would get rid of Hawaii and Nevada and San Jose State and exclude them and move everybody else up because, sure, we are probably you know one of the, the least performing members of the conference. Not competitive in football as compared to 2019 uh, consistently. Nevada struggled. San Jose State's on the rise, but maybe not on the rise enough. Um I don't I don't know about you know being a football only member and the answer of what do we bring um, maybe a late time slot uh, as late as seven seven o'clock I think is the latest in the Mountain West but other than that I, I would agree Hawaii maybe doesn't bring a lot but Hawaii hasn't really it's an unfair comparison to everybody else in the conference because mm. let me ask you this what does New Mexico bring to the Mountain West right Utah State yeah. What, what do they bring? Granted, maybe their advantage is they bring all sports, okay. and we don't. Um, but I would say at the same time, like, yeah, you, you tell me um, what makes us so far behind those schools. And the only answer I can come up with is we only bring football. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think we have to caution ourselves there. Um don't forget about the Pigskin Pig Out. It is coming up on August 16th. You've got uh, a roasted pig dinner, beverages, and a great auction. Get your tickets now at Murphy's or HawaiiBowlFoundation.org. Do you want to give a quick update? Hilo Little League did lose to Northern California 3 nothing. So uh, that's it. Hilo Little League is done. Um, yeah. They lose two games in a row, and they are out. So it's Northern California versus Southern California for the West region final to go on to Williamsport. But a uh, good run for the kids from Hilo. Uh, ultimately, they would leave runners on base. They were shut out in both of their losses. And uh, unfortunately, that, that did them in. So, um, hey, uh, great job by the kids. Uh, come back home safely and uh, uh, tough, tough luck to them. Yeah. Uh, final words are coming up here. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Right now, we'll look at traffic. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, don't forget tomorrow morning, uh, Chris Hart and Tanner Hayworth. Uh, Tanner in for uh, the vacationing, Gary Dickman. Uh, Rob Coleus, who was on with us uh, earlier today, uh, will be on with them tomorrow. Uh, there's obviously a, a, a lot of different things that are uh, that are going on uh, there. I mean, they could be very well under um, another uh, evacuation, yeah. potentially. So... Um, we may learn a, a lot more, a lot more different things than uh, than we did earlier today. So Rob will be on with the guys tomorrow. Do want to let you know if you want more information, um, not only uh, CBS 1500, the KHON2 News running until 6 o'clock tonight, uh, but you can also go to HonoluluMagazine.com or HawaiiBusiness.com. Uh, they are aggregating all the information you need in one place. And, of course, tomorrow morning, wake up today, uh, simulcast from KHON and CBS 1500 from 5 to 9 a.m. Final words coming up uh, here in a little bit. But first, Hunter, um, of all the things happening today, the the, the news stuff notwithstanding, yeah. there was a no-hitter today yeah. thrown by the uh, Philadelphia Phillies and Michael Lorenzen, his second career start, obviously first no-hitter. Um, we're reminded that Philadelphia has had 
several no-hitters. I think was it 14 now? 14. And uh, you saw one of them. I did. Uh, I had to look it up. Uh, July 25th, 2015, uh, Cole Hamels threw a no-hitter against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. And uh, my family, uh, we were at the game. We really just went to watch a Cubs game. (laughs) It was just a regular middle-of-the-summer game against the Phillies. And somewhere in the, I think it was like the fifth or the sixth inning, my brother uh, elbowed me and then gestured towards the um, scoreboard. The, the giant scoreboard out in center field. And sure enough, he was throwing a no-no and started getting little murmurs around, you know, our, our, uh, our section of the stands. And even though it wasn't for the Cubs, for the sake of getting to watch history, it, it was pretty special. And the, the faithful at, at Wrigley, you know, and Cole Hamels ended up pitching for the Cubs too. So kind of cool. He ended up becoming a, a Cub later on down the road, but they, they still root for things like that. They're, they're, they're the kind of fans that, that would root for something cool like that to happen. So it was uh, definitely something I'll never forget. I'm um, so I was going to ask you, yeah. At what point do you start rooting against your own team? Mm. <laughs> I I mean, Anything north of uh, seven and two thirds, I think you're rooting for it to happen. I guess so, right? And then certainly you're you're keeping a very very close watchful eye out for any unwritten rule to break a no hitter. <laughs> oh, you unwritten rules! People. Like the 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 drag bunt rule. Like, come on! Oh, you get guys. get a real hit. <laughs> Anybody that tries to break up a no-hitter with a drag bunt, like, I- I'm not okay with that. Okay. Yeah. I know. It's not like to do that. I, You know, to me, at some point, if your offense is struggling, do whatever you can. I know the drag bunt is kind of cheap, but at the same time, like, hey, um, if that's the way you got to get on base, if you're losing, you got to do anything you can to get on base. Sure. I, I don't – I don't know. I, I, I don't find myself hating that as much. Mm. But – the, the that was back when the the shift was prolific, uh-huh. and they could have easily hit a a chopped ground ball away from the shift. They they, they were intentionally still right. yeah. trying to trying to go yard into like what seemed seven players on the right half of the field. And I would say like hitting uh, uh, against the shift is not necessarily easy. Like I would, I would think that that's kind of a hard thing to do. Um, yes, but because some people just, you have like, like guys who are pull hitters that are so pull happy that they cannot even get it the other way. Like, I feel like it's, it's harder to do maybe depending on the hitter than, than some people now hitting power, the opposite field, I would agree is, is difficult to do. But at the major league level, if you are a major league hitter, you absolutely can let the ball get inside and hit a ground ball down the third baseline mm-hmm. if you're a lefty um opposite if you're if you're a righty absolutely you can okay um it's the, as simple as getting the handle out in front of the ball and letting the barrel hit the ball and then it goes down the left side so i've that, that that's something me and my my dad have always just felt watching the game that it almost seemed 
that pull-happy hitters were too proud to try to hit the ball the other way. Okay. So that that that's that that's that's my two cents on it, I guess. I realize I think we kind of stole your final words. That's okay. No, that, that that's a good final words right there. How about you? Um. Oh, by the way, text you from the five six one Hunter. They put the exclamation point. Hunter. Hi, Solomon. Drag. Well, I don't know. Is it is it him? Drag. It's, it's Solomon. Drag bunt is legal. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> to you, it's not. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I'm I, like some people, like any way to win the game. Yep. But can you bunt? Are you a capable bunter? Yes. So you should be fine with it then. Not when it's the only way to break up a no hitter. I, I don't feel like that's a good form. Okay. Yep. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an old school purist that way. You, I, I'm an old school guy too, but. That that doesn't get me. You, you unwritten rules yeah. people, get your sticks out of your you know what. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, final words today. As much as we have, you know, tried to kind of lighten things a little bit as much yep. as we can. We we've also kind of injured. We can't forget what is going on. Uh, Maui, Hawaii County, the uh, the the fires that have just ravaged some of these communities. I um, I feel confident that people will come together yep. and help to rebuild. I think of that Lahaina community specifically. It, judging by the videos we have seen, it, it seems like it will take a while. But even if people come in together, lessens that by a day, by a week. Um, it is still a sign of, of people getting together and doing good. And I, I, I'm confident people will get together and do that. Freddie and Fitzsimmons next.